This is the Laughing Cast. Welcome. I'm Guy Chuckles. And I'm Giggly Joe. Welcome, Giggly Joe. Uh, I understand. <laughs> this is your first time on the cast. But not my first time laughing, I'll tell you that. Much. <laughs> this guy's a real cut up, let me tell you. I met you in a bathroom in Las Vegas. Why don't you tell him that story? Oh, geez, you know, like, you know, you know, like, uh, some bathrooms have these convenient little laughing holes, I like to call them, where, you know, <laughs> you can, you can share a bit of a, share a bit of a chuckle and a giggle with, like, the person in the stall next to you, and, you yeah. know, it just so happened you were in the other stall. <laughs> we were both, we were both laughing at each other the entire time. Oh, we had our giggle on, let me tell we you that. We got, we had a couple, couple, couple of kafaws and gafoos and a couple of, couple of gafals. Couple of belly laughs, if you'll call them that. <laughs> yeah, I had a real chuckle on that <laughs> dick. Excuse me? I'm sorry. Sorry? Uh, I'm sorry? Uh, 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 you mean a good chuckle on that? Tom, Dick, and Harry. Tom, Dick, and Harry. Every Tom, yes, Dick, yes, and Harry yes, loves yes, a good yes. chuckle in Vegas. <laughs> you know, what, what chuckles in Vegas stays in Vegas. No, that's what I say. And what cuckolds in Vegas <laughs> stays in Vegas. I have an NDA. <laughs> I understand. The cuckold, the chuckle cuckolds. Uh, welcome to welcome. welcome to Soy Truck. Welcome. My name is Britton. And I am Pat. And uh, this is a podcast, Marxist Takes on Soy Trek. Mm -hmm. uh, or Star Trek. Uh, sorry, what did I say? Soy, Soy Trek. Trek. <laughs> no, no, we're talking about the podcast Soy Trek. Oh, yeah, yeah. This is yeah. now a meta podcast. Oh, meta. Oh. Welcome. So we'll be. It's kind of like how they have, like. It's a podcast within a podcast. So, uh. Kind of like we, how they here, have those shows. Here we go. Here's the new, here's the new Soy Trek. Soy Trek. Soy Trek. Soy Trek. Welcome. 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 So, so. This is now a podcast. This is now a podcast. This is now a podcast. Within a podcast. Within a podcast. Within a podcast. And what that means. And what that means. Is that. Is that. Is that. Is that. Is that. It's that. It's like a cube. It's like a cube. It's like a cube. Alien cube. Alien cube. The assembly cut. The assembly cut. The assembly cut. The assembly Kirk. No, this is this is a podcast soy trek. Yes, and we're here to talk about Star Trek and everything about Star Trek. But first, let's talk about our Patreon. Yeah, we're part of a podcast network called Dumb Idiot Bullshit. That was my pretty good effects. Did you that like those effects? That was, that was pretty good. Um, but uh, we're a podcast network with a variety of podcasts covering mm -hmm. all types of different subjects. We got Prison Breakdown, which mm -hmm. is entirely about uh, two professors talk about prison, yeah. none of which is me. I'm just a producer who does a movie segment on there. Mm. Uh, then we've got this podcast, mm -hmm. Soy Trek, which is all about Star Trek. All about Star Trek. Uh, next, we have Dumb Idiot Bullshit, the name of the podcast network. And that's, uh, I don't know, news, views, funny shit. Uh, yeah. 
just like little, little comedy, like things we like to do. I don't know. It's it's a bunch of stuff. It's a bunch of shit. It's it's based on several other podcasts. <laughs> uh, we we got other things going on there. Mm. Uh, we've got the Media Dungeon, all about movies. All about movies. We review movies. We just reviewed in 1982's Liquid Sky. I yeah. loved it. Patrick yeah. kind of liked it. Yeah. Enough. Enough. Hated the music. Yeah, music um, drove me nuts. Yeah, <laughs> I'll drive you nuts. With, I'll be driving me nuts. I'll drive you nuts with me tongue. <laughs> drive, <laughs> drive them back into that hole from whence they came. <laughs> For ye and yet a cursed kind. I'm going to drive you nuts into your butthole. <laughs> Have you ever boofed your nuts? Oh, it's called a fruit board, I believe. I believe you're correct. <laughs> but we don't have fruit on pirate ships, yar. Only limes and lemons to fight off to scurve. Oh, that's why they call them limeys, you know. That's why they call the British limeys, is because they used to have limes on their ship to fight off the scurve. Even before you had the limes and the lemons, you'd be given a traditional fruit board. Of the two balls stuffed into the butthole. Uh, yeah, yeah. They did not fight off the scurvy. No, no vitamin C there, <laughs> yar. Only vitamin scrot. Vitamin cock, if you will. <laughs> vitamin C. Some vitamin D. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's how I lost me eye. <laughs> uh, so uh, we have a Patreon at patreon.com slash dumbidiotbs. And yeah. we would love, I love how I just pointed over there and you yeah. looked. I was like, I was just, No, it's just a hand motion. Sorry. Yeah. I talk with my hands a lot. <laughs> Can you tell? I'm like a 2% Italian. Yeah, 2% Italian. No, I'm not. No. I hope not. God, I hope not. God, I hope not. <laughs> God, if I'm if there's any fucking of that pasta sauce running through my blood, I'm uh, I'm gonna eat a spaghetti gun. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you should. A spaghetti. Yeah, I mean, I'm ten percent. I'm I'm always like looking at cliffs. Yeah, yeah. I'm just like, call it a void, baby. Yeah. Yeah, you just like go to a ledge and just look down, and you're like, sweet, sweet release, sweet, <laughs> sweet release, sweet, sweet release. Two hours later, old lady comes up to you, sweet, sweet release. <laughs> Son, are you okay? I'm fine. I'll be fine. I'll be Everything's fine. okay. I just had to forget. I had to use my mind powers to forget that I was 10% Italian. Yeah. I mean, you got to use a lot more than that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, is, uh, is it a spicy pizza pie? I've always wanted to ask that to an Italian. Uh, is it a spicy meatball? Spicy meatball. Is it a hot pizza pie? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, spicy meatball. Do you do you put do you put the mozzarella on the pizza pie? Put the mozzarella on the pizza pie, okay. and you know when it hits your eye, you cry. Oh yeah, yeah. So that's a more. It's a more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is a more. Yeah. Cool. Uh, so our Patreon.com, uh, Patreon.com slash Dumb Idiot BS. Uh, there's a variety of different tiers, lots of different things. For as little as free, you can sign up and uh, get all of our podcasts the minute they come out. Mm. You also get to vote on uh, what podcast we do every week, what we watch, and mm. that's how we got to this one this week. Nice. Uh, so anyway, uh, for as little $5 a month, you can uh, become a little co-producer of our show. And we say thank you to people just like Electric Baphomet, Joe DeVideo, John Simcox, Elizabeth Hearn, Nick Savard, Nova, Shane Sawyer, Skeptic, Abigail Simpson, Asher Pliskin, Benjamin Van Galen, Big Strong Boy, Gabe Siciliano, Gillian McCrary, Iggy, James Hartman, Jose Martinez, Kyle Simmons, Laura Flame, Papa Poison, Robert Yolito, Roberto Molina, Seb, Seven of Nine, SFC Punk, Shane Williams, Tim Wilkinson, Awful Star Trek Drawings, great, uh, yeah. great Instagram account, They're go great. check it out, Jordan Hale, David Craning Sites, Dylan Lance, Ethan Adams, Gursky, 
Jormore, Sam Mayo, and our very good friends over at the Bruce Campbell Podcast. Oh, yeah. And uh, you should go check out, uh, yeah, so that's uh, other things. Uh, if you check out our other podcast, The Media Dungeon, you'll probably know that uh, we have a, a Plex server. Mm-hmm. I have a Plex server called yep. The Media Dungeon, on which you can watch over 18,000 films. I got over 18,000 films as of this week. Yeah. Over 1,600 different shows in their completion or mm. in their current running. Yeah. Including some stuff you've never heard of, some stuff you've definitely heard of, some stuff you might be currently watching. Yeah, like I saw you loaded up the, the True Detective. Yeah, I got the new True Detective all there. Uh, there's only one episode left, and I'll yeah. get that when it's done. I've yeah. not heard good things. No, I've heard like, bad things. I was hoping last week it was going to do an upturn since it's like the second to last episode. Uh, yeah. Yeah, usually the penultimate episode is like a yeah. Ugh, God, it's so disappointing, and I don't, I, I don't know who's who's getting joy out of watching this thing, but it's mm. not me. Yeah, that's a bummer. Apparently, I don't know. Did you listen to the True Anon on it that they just did? No, no. Oh they, yeah, they, they did a True Anon on it. Really? On, on the whole series, pretty much. Oh, interesting. On on like all of the True Detectives. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and uh, they they didn't like this one at all. So no, far. I, I can't imagine anyone liking it. Like no. like a lot of the response I've seen. And just like I mean, yeah, every single subsequent season after after season one has been mm-hmm. trying to ring some sort of like tried to recreate that lightning in a bottle of the, right. that first season, and it's mm-hmm. not happening. Not at all. all. No. <laughs> I think a big reason for that is like the creative team was broken up over the first season because uh, the guy I forget his name who directed most of the first season got me too'd. Oh, did he? Uh-huh. Oh, Mike Pizzigliato? Or no, whatever? no, that, that's a writer. That's, oh, that's like a writer, writer uh-huh. showrunner guy, but like uh-huh. the, the director of the first season. Oh, they had, interesting. They had like the same guy direct almost every episode of the first season. Mm. Uh, he got... The <coughs> <coughs> yeah, he got the big me too. Damn. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, that's why you gotta just be like, get consent. Yeah. Don't, be a, don't be a creep. Consent is fundamental. Consent yeah. is everything... Get consent before you do things. Yeah, or, or, or what else? That's what it takes to make a good season of True Detective. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, no, 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 it's uh, one of the most fundamental episodes of Star Trek. Um, mm-hmm. and I think I think voted like I think second best overall mm-hmm. episode of um, of Star Trek ever by people. Yeah, and uh, yeah. voted the best episode of DS Nine by people after its initial run. Yeah, which I I could see I could see it's one of them. Yeah, I it's mean, there's some capitally acting from everybody in this, in this episode. Absolutely, like, everyone's and, acting their ass and off. And just some great writing direction. This is a fucking episode. It is funny because yeah, it's like at some point, it's like the reality that you're mm-hmm. watching like um, a a, a a a space station captain arguing with a. Um, a space lizard. Yeah, but, I mean, but it's like some of the best, some of the best right. material you've ever seen. And mm-hmm. It's just like, oh, there's this, 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 uh, this uh, space captain is fighting with a lizard. Yeah, and so, <laughs> so the episode that we are uh, we watched today was uh, DS Nine, season six, episode nineteen, in the pale moonlight. Mm-hmm. It's an absolutely infamous episode. Yeah. Uh, it first aired on the fifteenth of April, nineteen ninety eight. Mm-hmm which was a uh, week after my 10th birthday. Oh, nice. Uh, it is the 141st episode of DS9 overall, and the 
515th episode overall of Star Trek. Wow. Now, That's, that was basically the halfway point. Yeah, yeah. So uh, this episode is credited, the writing is credited to Michael Taylor, who wrote four episodes of DS9, including The Visitor and Resurrection, and 20 of Voyager, including Bride of Chaotica, Relativity, Collective, mm. and Body and Soul. Okay. Uh, so Michael Taylor is credited with the teleplay of the episode, although much of his contribution did not make the final draft. Taylor did come up with the idea of the fake Dominion Rod, basing the idea on the historical Zimmerman note of 1917, in which Germany helped, offered to help Mexico retake the southwest United States to keep America out of World War I. Instead, the American public became enraged by the implications of the telegram, facilitating America's entry into the war against Germany. Mm. For a time, the note was thought to be faked in order to convince America to join the war. Mm. In the final draft of, uh, by the final draft of the script, which was actually written by Ronald D. Moore, Damn. although he is uncredited, uh, this has been like uh, kind of changed entirely. Yeah, I heard like um, initially it was supposed to be like it was supposed to be about Jake. Yeah, Jake unraveling this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which would have been, I think, really like interesting but not as good i don't yeah think. and also i think it would have irrevocably irrevocably changed uh jake and um ben's relationship right it would have made jake's character much darker yeah and like and, and just like yeah jake finding this thing out about his dad and, mm -hmm. like, yeah and then i think that I, that would have, that would be a blow to their relationship yeah and so ultimately more explained uh about the decision to make it about cisco he said uh, it was really no contest between cisco and jake because as much as we want to it's hard to get those two characters into conflict with each other yeah. Mm -hmm. So it really didn't ring true. Jake was so young and Cisco was so experienced, you didn't really believe the central conflict of the show, which I totally agree yeah, with. Yeah. And in as much like I don't disagree with like any decisions they really made in this episode. It's no. incredible. Yeah, all all yeah, firing <laughs> off on all cylinders. Absolutely. Like yes, yeah, um, cuz we also have like the senators played by Stephen McCaddy, who's mm -hmm. like a really great actor. We got some Jeffrey Combs up in this. We got some Jeffrey Combs, we, of course. Mm -hmm. You know, got your Andrew Robinson. Oh, of course, of like, course. And of course, Avery Brooks, mm -hmm. just like killing, <clears throat> fucking killing it. Yeah, like, um, absolutely powerhouse performances. So this episode was directed by Victor Lobel, who directed four episodes of DS9, including For the Uniform and Who Mourns for Morn, mm. and two episodes of Voyager, which were The Killing Game Part Two and The Omega Directive. Mm. All right, do we want to jump in? Let's do it. All right, so we start on a series of personal logs uh, delivered to the computer by Ben Sisko. Mm -hmm. Captain's personal log, Stardate 517-5174. Computer, what day is it? And the computer gives him the date. Shut up. <laughs> it's only been two weeks. I need to talk about this. I have to justify what's happened, what I've done, at least to myself. I can't talk to anyone else, not even to Dax. Maybe if I just lay it out all in my log, it'll finally make sense. I can see where it all went wrong, where I went wrong. I suppose it started two weeks ago while I was posting the weekly casualty list in the wardroom. Every Friday morning for the past three months, I've posted the official list of Starfleet personnel killed, wounded, or missing in the war. It's become something of a grim ritual around here. Not a week goes by that someone doesn't find the name of a loved one, a friend, or an acquaintance on that damned list. I've grown to hate Fridays. Mm. Now, one thing I want to point out here is that this is like the episode of Star Trek with the most captain's logs. Yeah. By mm -hmm. far. 
Yeah, um, basically, yeah, that's the context and how the story's told. Almost, right. Yeah. And I'm usually not a huge fan of them because it is the the concept of like telling and not showing. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it's a lot of like exposition dumps and stuff. But like, you really couldn't tell this story without this personal log thing. I don't think. No, and, and it's kind of like almost breaking the fourth wall where he's. Yeah, it, it, it seems definitely like he, is. It seems like he's talking to you, it, the viewer. It is. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, and it's great. And it, I think probably the closest like star trek has come to breaking the fourth wall mm-hmm. like, yeah I definitely think. and so, besides like lower decks i think oh yeah besides yeah. lower decks yeah but, yeah but like but like um but yeah this is like cisco talking directly to us mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah so and he's great at it fucking avery brooks kills this episode yeah, yeah. absolutely murders it yeah to give him a one-man show already yeah <laughs> he has one yeah. where he plays uh, <laughs> yeah. paul Robeson. oh uh, yeah, yeah so this uh narration plays as cisco sees his and his crewmates observe the list uh dax sits and disco asks who she lost and it was one of her instructors from starfleet dax posits it happened when the jemhadar violated romulan territory cisco says the romulans have a non-aggression treaty with the dominion and this is mentioned several times in the mm-hmm. episode Bashir muses that they need to get the Romulans into the war, but Dax says they have no reason to help them. But at that moment, Sisko resolves to bring the Romulans into the war. Opening mm. credits, uh, two minutes and 50 seconds. Perfect cold open, oh, honestly. Yeah. It's like it gives you an exact idea of what's going to happen. Mm. It gives the foreshadowing of like something bad happened. Uh, Cisco made some mistakes, but he's still alive to tell the story. Mm-hmm. And also it has something to do with getting the Romulans into the war. So when we return, Cisco is practicing uh, his logic for the Romulans entering the war on Dax, and Dax plays the devil's advocate, and she's very good at it. Mm-hmm. This is a master class on Avery Brooks's bombastic acting mm-hmm. and Terry uh, um, Farrell. Terry Farrell, for, yeah. For for some reason, I was thinking that was the name of the guy from Jane's Addiction. Terry <laughs> uh, Farrell. Fairy, Fairy, yeah. Fairy, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, that, that can't be right. Um, no, they're they're both great at this acting here. Yeah. This is a wonderful scene. Um, eventually, they get to the conclusion that the Romulans need evidence, but they don't have any evidence of a Dominion plan. So Cisco thinks they need uh, to send in a spy to Cardassia Prime, and guess who they want to send? Good our, old Garrick. Our favorite simple tailor. Mm-hmm. Good old Gaylord Alim Garrick. <laughs> He's flattered Cisco would choose him, but claims the mission is a suicide mission, and that's not his specialty. Cisco mm. asks if he has anybody who owes him a favor, and Garrick says it would require uh, require calling in all his favors. And that may be a messy, bloody business. He asks if Cisco is ready for that. Cisco says the only way to end the bloodshed is bring the Romulans into the war, and Garrick is surprisingly in. Yeah, because it definitely feels like Garrick has had is like ten steps ahead of Cisco. He he definitely is. <laughs> and so, he he always is. He's ten yeah. steps ahead of everybody. Yeah, like Garrick knew that Cisco was going to come and ask him this, and he already had the gears working. Yeah, he already had it, and I and I think this really demonstrates like just like Garrick's efficiency, his efficiency. unbelievable cunning, and mm-hmm. like and it's just like. And it's amazing Cardassia didn't kill him. <laughs> like, it really it's, is. It's but like, he's th- too dangerous to be left to his own devices. But at the same time, he's, like, too useful to he kill. He is too useful. Like, he's he, too useful to kill. Oh, yeah. He is one of the most important weapons on anyone who has him side. Yeah. Like, like you know, he's amazing with the, uh, 
you know, with Cardassia, he's amazing with Starfleet. Like, mm -hmm. no matter who he's working for, yeah. he does a phenomenal job of being a spy. Yeah, and I, and I do love this because, yeah, it's like Cisco <clears throat> has to come because this is not the way the Federation does things. No, and, and, and it's pointed out that this, uh, this episode is like the antithesis of Gene Roddenberry's vision for Starfleet, mm -hmm. and honestly, I'm totally okay with that. Yeah, I mean, it, it like, I, it, it shows, like, it really demonstrates, because, like, at the beginning, it really demonstrates Cisco's desperation mm -hmm. because the like the the founders are are like a are an enemy like they've never encountered before because like because mm -hmm. they have the ability to infiltrate anyone and they and grow new armies grow new armies at a, at a moment's notice like mm -hmm. the Hadar they can grow in no time and the and the the Hadar are brutally efficient mm -hmm. and um and so yeah it's like a completely unstoppable force so he it's like this the desperation that he has to go to someone who has a completely different skill set than what he has ever had to use because he you know he's used to you know you know diplomacy and mm -hmm. everything and being and being a part of the federation right. just like and, he's used to dealing with the wayunes but not the jemadar yeah and and, yeah. and the and the the founders who are you know who are cunning and themselves and yeah you know and um so yeah it's just like yeah you have to change your tactics and right right yeah so we get another personal log from cisco says, my father used to say that the road to hell is paved with good intentions. I laid the first stone right there. I'd committed myself. I'd pay any price, go to any lengths, because my cause was righteous. My intentions were good. In the beginning, that seemed like enough. Mm -hmm. And God, this is just so well written. I fucking love mm -hmm. this. Uh, so Cisco is sleeping when his narration says he's learned the bad news always happens in the middle of the night. Kira pages him, and they just received a message from Starfleet. Beta Zed has been invaded by the Dominion. And uh, there's actually a really good book on this, like a novel mm. about the uh, invasion of Beta Zed by the oh. Dominion. Uh, oh, cool. Highly recommended. I forget what it's called, though. So it might be like the invasion of Beta Zed. Uh, so on the bridge, uh, everyone discusses how the ball was dropped on protecting Beta Zed. Kira says this gives the Dominion a great position to attack many places in the Federation, including Vulcan. Dax muses that they need a new ally in the war. Cisco enters the tailor shop and asks if Garrick if he's made any progress. Mm. Garrick says he's called in all his favors, including the sexual ones. <laughs> and Bashir's just chained up in the corner like, <laughs> I can't take any more, please! He has, a, he has a gag in his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, you. You said you'd do me this favor. Um, what does this have to do with the, with uh, getting the Romulans on our side? What? <laughs> Romulans. Romulans. <laughs> oh, oh, fuck. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, I got a couple things on the, on the, on the, in the, you know, got a couple burners going, got, got you know. a couple uh, shrimp on the barbie yeah. over here. You know, yeah, 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 I got the, uh, I got some feelers. I got some feelers. Uh, Don't worry about it. Just give me a little, just come back a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not done yet. <laughs> I'm not done with this little twink. Um, so, Garrick says uh, he hopes Cisco doesn't give up so easily. Cisco asks if he has another plan, and Garrick suggests that they forge evidence to bring Romulans into the war, which mm. is basically the the crux of the plot of this episode. Yeah, we get another personal log from Cisco. Maybe I should have put a stop to it right there. Maybe I should have said, thank you very much for your input, Mr. Garrick, but I will take your suggestion under advisement and gone back to my office and forgotten the whole thing. But I didn't, because in my heart, I knew what he was saying made sense. 
So he's kind of turned into the dark side on this one. Yeah. And it's like, and this is like, and I love this episode so much because this is an episode that speaks the truth of the series, which is that material actions and material intentions have material consequences. Mm -hmm. And like, this is like, you know, a leftist kind of war. It's like, they don't, they need to ally with someone they don't want to, much like, you know, say the Soviet Union with the Western allies in World War II. Mm -hmm. But it is kind of for the best because they're fighting an unbelievably vicious fascist force. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah, that won't stop until they're eradicated or folded into, or, into, their, into the Dominion. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Won't, won't stop until they're completely subjugated. Yeah. So... Garrick suggests they bring Romulan Senator Vrenak aboard and trick him into entering the war. Mm -hmm. uh, he's pro-Dominion, so they can convince him, uh, if they can convince him the Dominion is a threat, they will bring the Romulans onto their side. He suggests they forge a holographic video into a one-time Cardassian storage rod, thus making it seem like highly classified and sensitive information. And uh, Garrick's like, maybe uh, we can erase the one I have. I have a, it's, it's not important. And it's just a sex video. Um, it's Bashir going to the bathroom. <laughs> it's uh, it's uh, oh god, what's his name? Uh, oh, it's Chuck Berry's Chuck, bathroom yeah. videos. Yeah. Yeah. It's like instead of Chuck Berry's restaurant, it's Quarks. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just uh, just. Uh, uh, Dabo girls taking poops. <laughs> so uh, Cisco says that Vrenak will want to examine the holographic rod, and uh, Garrick says that he wants to examine a holographic rod, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I know what you mean. Uh, Garrick says uh, it will appear genuine. Mm -hmm. He says he found the man who will create the holograph recording. Cisco says he'll need Starfleet approval, and he can probably get it. Garrick says the man who will make this recording is currently a Klingon prisoner, so Siskel will have to make a deal to have him released uh, with Galron, who mm -hmm. is currently leading the, uh, the Klingons. And his name is Grathon Tolar, which mm -hmm. is such a fucking Star Trek name. Yeah. I love it. Grathon <laughs> Tolar. It almost <laughs> sounds like a Galaxy Quest name, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, so they get Tolar, and Sisko has him released. Mm-hmm. He's grateful since the Klingons keep saying they're going to execute him tomorrow, uh, which apparently is one of the games they like to play, <laughs> uh, which is some fucked up torture and shame on the Klingons for doing that. But yeah. this is this is under Galron, so I can see how they'd be cruel and awful. And plus, w more we get to know about Ta Ta uh, Ta Talar. He's kind of a dick. <laughs> yeah, he is. Maybe he does deserve to be executed yeah. tomorrow. So he says he can make the Hala program and says he's never made anything for Starfleet before. Cisco corrects him and says he'll be working for him directly. Tolar asks if Cisco uh, wants some porn, like literally, I'm not joking about that, yeah. uh, uh, with maybe five or six Orion, Orion slave girls. <laughs> And Cisco tells him to go wait in his quarters and mentions Garrick will talk to him. Mm -hmm. uh, which is like, it's it's crazy that we still have slave girls on any planet that has like warp capabilities at this point. Well, also, they, you know, I think, you know, Enterprise, you know, kind of like retcons it a bit. You know, the slave girls are actually the ones in charge, you know. Kind of, but at the same time, like, yeah. uh, um, T'Pol gets like. You know, trafficked basically. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. have. They, 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 do, they, they do be selling slaves. They do be selling people. So Particularly, the big show is, is uh, yeah, showing her off. He is. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Get ready for the big show <laughs> in a big, big 
show I miss that. That's the one thing I miss about WWE mm -hmm. uh, is the big show being on there and having that fucking song. Yeah. It's a big show <laughs> in a big in a big show. I do, I do like how he is, you know, I don't, I don't know, you know, he'd had the big show show, but I'm not sure mm -hmm. he is a very funny comedic actor, I think. Yeah, I mean, uh, in a lot of that was uh, apparently Vince McMahon, like, really didn't like him very much. Mm. And so he often would try to humiliate him, which is why he, he, the big show did so many comedy angles. You know what? I get. You know, I think if you're disliked by Vince McMahon, that just shows you're a good person. <laughs> like, right, but he makes you do like humiliating comedy angles yeah, and shit like that. Yeah, that's true. And he like made the big show dresses like a big baby and shit. Yeah, and he, yeah, he wore like um, Andre the Giant's uh, singlet. A lot. Oh yeah, and what is like? But well, I mean, like in um, in WCW, they build him as like the son of Andre the Giant, mm, even though sense. that's not true. Yeah, uh, <laughs> very not true. Yeah. But, um, so Tolar's, uh, Cisco tells Tolar to go wait in his quarters and mentions that Garrick will come and talk to him. And Tolar's demeanor changes immediately. Mm -hmm. He's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> I'm here with Ga because of Garrick. Damn yeah. It. I wonder if they're like ex boyfriends. <laughs> oh, that's going to be awkward. <laughs> um, so he's just going to be putting on a spit. By um, him and Bash by Garrick and Bashir, mm -hmm. <laughs> <Spit>. <laughs> he's gonna be a big old spit. Oh yeah, he's just be rotating between them. Mm -hmm. He's gonna be like one of those meat sticks at the kebab place. It's <laughs> <laughs> gonna be a the fucking goat kebab. Over there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, Tolar leaves, and after a few hours, Cisco gets a call from Odo. It's about Tolar. He's just tried to kill Quark. <laughs> So, in Quark's bar, Bashir is treating Quark when Cisco comes in and asks Odo what the fuck happened. Apparently, Tolar got wasted and tried to dance with the Davo girl, and when she refused, Quark intervened and Tolar stabbed him. <laughs> Odo asks if Cisco knows Tolar, and Cisco says he's working for him and can't be recorded in any official logs. <laughs> Odo understands, but says if Quark wants to press charges, he has no choice. So Cisco approaches Quark. And this is like just another scene. In pretty much like every scene in this episode, Cisco compromises himself in some way. Yeah. And it's really interesting to watch him go down this path and like make deals with himself and other people and like mm -hmm. kind of like rationalize this entire thing. Yeah. And just to accomplish <clears throat> this one thing, it's showing how much he has to like compromise himself in all these other ways where it's just right. like okay well to do this uh, this illegal thing that i'm doing already i have to do all these it's a, other it's a, illegal it's a things. very means for an end thing yeah which is like typically a very like reactionary like right wing thing but mm -hmm. i think they play it in such a way that it's kind of not yeah you know it's it is like reactionary but at the same time it's like protectionist and like mm -hmm. they 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 know what's happening mm -hmm. And they're reading history and like deciding to side with you know what they think history shows, mm -hmm. which I totally agree with. Um, and yeah, and I, and I do like how yeah it's kind of starting off. I mean, he had to get the guy, get the guy out of prison. Now he's mm -hmm. like, okay, well now I have to bribe Quark. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I fucking love this scene. Yeah. Uh, Armin Shimmerman. <laughs> Quark, Quark is so ecstatic. He, Armin Shimmerman shines in this yeah. scene. <laughs> so Cisco goes to Quark and asks him what it would take to drop the charges. A giant smile breaches Quark's <laughs> lips, and he's like, oh, Captain, are you trying to bribe me? 
I always liked you. Deep in my heart, I always knew there was a little bit of Ferengi trying to get out. <laughs> and it's like so charming and so fucking Quark. Yeah. Um, he, he's finally excited. Yeah, it kind of like justifies Quark's own worldview. Yeah, and it, it really does. And Quark's like, oh boy. Well, he's validated. <laughs> this is so validating for me. Yeah. So Quark asked for new clothes for him and the Dabo girl and five bars of gold pressed latinum. He also asks uh, for Cisco to take care of some cargo containers that are being held by customs. Uh, Cisco agrees to all of it. Every single thing, he just folds. Yeah. Quark thanks him for restoring his faith in the 98th rule of acquisition. Every man has his price. That's the thing. Cisco, Cisco has no real experience yeah, having to bribe and negotiate this kind of stuff so right. it's just like so he, he just, just collapses he, yeah he could he could have he could have just probably stopped him at five bars of latinum mm-hmm. <laughs> but he learns his lessons quickly he learns how to negotiate yeah a bit. yeah so we got another cisco personal log uh he says that was my first moment of real doubt when i started to wonder if the whole thing was a mistake so i went back to my office and there was a new casualty list waiting for me people are dying out there every day entire worlds are struggling for their freedom and here I am worrying about the finer points of morality. No, I, I had to keep my eye on the ball. Winning the war, stopping the bloodshed. Those were the priorities. So I pushed on. And every time another doubt appeared before me, I just found another way to shove it aside. Mm-hmm. Which is, once again, him like learning how to compromise all of his values. Which mm-hmm. is fascinating. You yeah. know? So, next Garrick and Cisco have to obtain a genuine Cardassian data rod. Garrick has managed to find someone to give them one, but he wants 200 liters of biomimetic gel, which is what memes are made out of. Biomimetic gel. um, Which is dangerous and heavily monitored and often used for genetic modification. Garrick says, if the price is too high, perhaps we should call it off, and Cisco does. But then changes his mind immediately and says that at least 200 is too much. And Garrick insists uh, that the price is negotiable. Yeah, because he's like, there's not even like 200 in like the entire, the entire sector. Yeah, <laughs> the entire yeah. sector. It's like, be, be possible to get that much. Mm-hmm. Anyway. So Cisco goes to Bashir and asks for 85 liters of biomimetic gel. Mm-hmm. And Bashir says he can't release that without knowing where it's going. Saying it could be used to make biogenic weapons or organic explosives or, at very worst, conservative memes. <laughs> uh, but Cisco says it's not a request, it's an order, and tells him where to send it. Bashir asks for the order in writing, so Cisco has it already prepared. He's like, but I it's knew like, you would. It's digital, so yeah. I don't know if that's really in writing. <laughs> yeah. uh, Bashir says he will note this and protest to Starfleet, but Cisco is already adamant. And this, like, nothing ever comes back about this, really. No, it doesn't. Yeah, mm. he just kind of gets away with it. Yeah, Cisco gets away with the whole, whole thing, and it's great. Yeah, I kind of wonder if maybe, like, he pr- maybe... I mean, I, obviously, he probably couldn't explain this to Starfleet. You know, I got the Romulans in. Cause yeah. It's like, but, I mean, yeah, no matter what he did, it had a good effect. And so, yeah. whatever. He, they, it worked. Like, yeah. Starfleet's not going to question that, you know, yeah, an no, entire... Beta, yeah. yeah, I mean, Betazoid just got taken over. Exactly. And then Romulans joined them. So, there's yeah. other stuff happening. Like, Absolutely. you know, a little bit of gel just goes between the cracks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So suddenly we are in a Cardassian office with a Weyoun played by Jeffrey Combs, where they're discussing the Dominion War together, obviously making secret plans. It's suddenly clear that this is the hologram Tolar is conjuring up for Sisko and Garrick. 
Cisco says it feels more real than before, and Garrick says all he had to do was add incessant bickering and pettiness, which is pretty <laughs> great. Um, Cisco says it's satisfactory and to record the entire thing onto the data rod. Tolar asks who gets it, who gets the data rod, and uh, Garrick says just put it in the case, which is an interesting point in which both men seek to like indemnify themselves from this mm -hmm. and neither of them like wants to exactly take credit for this yeah at least that's i think the symbology there so mm -hmm. tolar goes to leave but cisco says he can't leave the station until his work is accepted by the romulans tolar says they had an agreement and cisco throws him against the wall and says he's making a new agreement <laughs> this is some intense <laughs> acting here i love i love when cisco goes just like feral like this yeah. um he says if this doesn't work, uh, Sisko will throw him back to the Klingons for a merciless death. Tolar insists that his work will pass, and Garrick says he should leave and go back to his quarters, and he'll be by later to say hello. Yeah. <laughs> which is one of the craziest, like, contextual threats I've ever heard. Yes. Like, yeah. it's, uh, like, so <laughs> menacing, mm -hmm. but so Garrick at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Amazing acting in the scene. Next, we get another uh, part of the personal log from Cisco. He says, quote, Maybe I was under more pressure than I realized. Maybe it really was starting to get to me, but I was off the hook. Starfleet Command had given their plan, the plan their blessing, and I thought that would make things easier. But I was the one who had to make it happen. I was the one who had to look Senator Vrenak in the eye and convince him that a lie was the truth. It's also, it's like, you know, you know I almost feel like that, like uh, uh, the Romulans would almost respect this kind of maneuver from Starfleet. Oh, absolutely! Because like, like, this just... is such a Romulan move. This is like yeah. if a, a Ferengi, you know, if a human tries to like cheat and bribe a Ferengi, yeah. that's they, they're like, yes, I'm okay with that. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, if you try to fucking like do a spy mission on a Romulan and it's successful, they're probably like, God damn it, you got me. You that's the Romulan bitch. way. Yeah. You're invited to the Romulan cookout. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, so, uh, while going to greet Vrenak, Garrick tells Sisko that he'll get onto his ship and do some spy work. Sisko tells him not to get caught. Vrenak lands and his ship decloaks in the docking bay. Garrick says that Vrenak will have an attitude because he believes his side is the winning side of the war. But mm. Sisko says after spending a week with Garrick, he's developed a thick skin. <laughs> and, like, his, like his disdain for Garrick here is so palpable and it's lovely. Mm. Like, these two act so well together and it's obvious like the two have an affinity for each other as actors. Mm -hmm. And they're so good with one another. Um, Vrenak and Sisko introduce themselves to each other and Vrenak is a fucking dickhead! Yep. My god! <laughs> what a sanctimonious piece of shit! Yeah, he, he rocks. He played yeah, Stephen McCaddy. He's like he's like he was Hollis Mason and The Watchmen. He's mm -hmm. he's also usually confused for uh, Lance Henriksen. Yeah, he does look very they, kind they of yeah, look, he's, yeah. Yeah, he's got uh, or he almost looks almost like Cronenberg does now. Yeah, yeah. Just like a very thin, high cheekbone face. Yeah, very deep voice, very mm -hmm. deep authoritarian voice. And yeah. I guess like um, I guess they both. Uh, Avery Brooks and Stephen McCaddy had played against one another in a movie once where, oh, interesting. where Stephen McCaddy played a villain. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So like this is like the first time they've been, they've had this sort of dynamic. So mm. that's interesting. I wonder if that I wonder if maybe Avery Brooks probably personally requested him. Maybe. 
Because also, like, um, I guess also Stephen Hattie's uh, wife was also in an episode of Deep Space Nine. Oh, interesting. And the, and the Muse. Hmm. Like, yeah, right, so, like cool. yeah, she had uh, experience with Star Trek. And also, Stephen McCaddy hmm. was also in an episode of um, Enterprise. He was one, oh, one oh, of the, interesting. He was so a mind foreman, yeah. Okay, on, yeah. On the, on the Zindi. Nice. So, uh, Cisco says he'll take Vreenak to his quarters, and Vreenak says he's looking forward to seeing the station while it's still there. Oh, first he says he thought Cisco would be taller. Yeah, which, which is, is like just very roadhouse. Dunk. Yeah, it's so good. <laughs> it's like, I thought you'd be taller. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so Vreenak says he's looking forward to seeing DS9 while it's still there in just a continuous dunk contest on Cisco. Yeah. It's it's pretty, pretty amazing. Um, so in the wardroom... Vreenak continues to dunk on Cisco, telling him about the Dominion's power, Starfleet's manpower shortage, and Cisco's dim chances in the war. He asks, in his position, whose side Cisco would choose, and Cisco says he'd choose the side who leaves them in peace when the dust settles. Which is a pretty good point. Uh, Cisco says if the Dominion wins, instead of facing separate smaller opponents, Romulus will face one giant opponent from every side, and there's a word for that. Surround. Yeah. Well, there's a word for that. Gang bang. I do like how Cisco does try to do the traditional route with with uh, Renak. Yeah. At first, like mm-hmm. you know, try to win him as he usually wins people. Right. Through, right. With, through, through through logic. Yeah. And, doing a lawyer. And yeah. That's that's the thing. Is like. Cisco has different modes, you know? Yeah. Uh, other captains always have their one thing, basically. Like, mm-hmm. you know, Picard is space lawyer. Yeah. You know, fucking Janeway is a fucking a war master. Attack, 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 you mm-hmm. know? Fucking, uh, you know, um, we got... Uh, Archer is definitely Archer. like the diplomat kind of. Archer is like a diplomatic, not yeah. not so much a lawyer, but like a good diplomat. And yeah, like, except when it goes full nine eleven. He does, like, and he goes full like torture mode and shit. Yeah, and they stuff. do go pretty nine eleven. Um, but you know, like I I see Cisco is a lot more dynamic than that, and he has a lot oh, more yeah. modes. You know, yeah. he and in you see them all in this episode of him like trying to do a very responsible lawyering his way through things, mm-hmm. and then he does some kind of like shady diplomating his way through things. Mm-hmm. And then once everything is out of his control, he does some fucking brutal ass Janeway type shit, <laughs> yeah. or he he doesn't do it, but he excuses it. Yeah, you know, yeah. and uh, yeah, it's it's a interesting. War, a few war crimes is a treat. Yeah, a few war crimes is a treat. We love to see it. So, um, Vreenak says their fake Romulan ale is pretty good, but it's not quite the real thing. And says although uh, Cisco makes some good points, he wouldn't change his position quite yet. Cisco asks him if the Dominion was planning a surprise invasion of the Romulan Empire, if that would make any difference. And Vreenak says Vreenak says he'd want proof. So Cisco shows him the data rod. Yeah. And by I, that I mean his penis. Yeah. After after his the traditional route what Cisco usually uses fails. He's mm-hmm. like, Well, guess I gotta use the mm-hmm. plan B, which he's not wanting to do. Right. Plan B to prevent pregnancy. Yeah. <laughs> so he gives him the data rod. Um I do but I do think how bold it is to try to because I mean as we were saying, like, this is the Romulan. This is, like, lies, treachery, and espionage mm-hmm. are how the Romulans have built their bread and butter. Like, this is yeah. this is, this is, this is what they're known for. They are mm-hmm. the masters of this. And so I do, I do love how bold it is to try to do the same thing to them. Right, exactly. As I said, this is like, like trying to bribe a Frank. It's yeah, like, yeah. Like, you're doing this to the masters of this. <laughs> masters. And it, you know, 
And you figure at least like they'd be kind of happy that they tried in the first place. Yeah. But like it's still disappointing. But still. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So, uh, on the holographic log uh, in the recreation, it shows Wei-Yun and the Cardassians conspiring to invade Romulus. When it ends, Vrenak asks to examine the data rod. Sisko gives it to him. Next, we have a continuation of the personal log. So, all I could do was wait and see how masterful Tolar's forgery really was. So, I waited. Tried to catch up on my paperwork, but I found it very difficult to focus on criminal activity reports, cargo manifests, so I went back to pacing, staring out the window. I'm not an impatient man. I'm not one to agonize over decisions once they're made. I got that from my father. He always says, worry and doubt are the greatest enemies of a great chef. The souffle will either rise or it won't. There's not a damn thing you can do about it. So you might as well just sit back and wait to see what happens. But this time the cost of failure was so high, I found it difficult to take his advice. If Renak discovered that the data rod was a forgery, if he realized that they were trying to trick them into the war, it could push the Romulans even farther into the enemy camp. They could start to openly help the Dominion. If worse came to worse, they could actually join the war against us. I had the distinct feeling that victory or defeat would be decided in the next few minutes. And honestly, like, I mean, that was, you could think about, like, mm-hmm. how the Dominion operates. Like, you, you know for a fact they were probably going to take down the Romulans anyway. So it's just yeah. like, so it's like, yeah, what Cisco's doing is, you know, definitely in, their, in the Romulans' best interest anyway. Because, like, right. like, as the, you know, the they don't, they don't trust any solids at all, and unless they're under their control. So mm-hmm. it's just like, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. Cisco made a great point. Like they will be surrounded from every single angle if mm-hmm. the fucking Dominion takes over the Alpha Quadrant. Yeah. Like they're, it's not good for them. Nope. So Cisco is waiting in his room when he's summoned by Vrenak. He enters Vrenak's wardroom, and Vrenak holds up the rod and says, "One of the best clips in all of Star Trek." <laughs> it's a fake. <laughs> It's a fake. It's a fake. It's a fake. So fucking good. Yeah, very, very meme to death. Yes, absolutely, a hundred percent. And we'll kill it even further here. It's a fake. It's a fake. Uh, So we get another personal log from um, from Cisco here. Quote. So it all blew up in my face. All the lies and the compromises, the inner doubts and the rationalizations, all for nothing. Vrenak was furious. I can't say I blamed him. I'd have reacted the same way. After telling me in no uncertain terms that he would expose his vile deception to the entire Alpha Quadrant, he got back into his shuttle and headed home. There didn't seem to be anything more to do. So I went back to work. Two days later, I got the news. So Cisco, Dax, and Bashir are discussing the weekly casualty list when Worf enters and reports that Vrenak's shuttle has exploded, killing the senator. The Romulans believe the Dominion is responsible, and Dax kind of gives a smile (laughs) as she reviews the information. Worf says such an act could bring the Romulans into the war, and Sisko excuses himself (laughs) angrily. It's it's one of the first times I can describe someone excusing themselves as angrily excusing themselves. He's like, excuse me. And he marches right to fucking the tailor shop. His his march is so, yeah, determined. Like, he's ready to fuck. He's 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 trying to keep very calm He's got rage in his feet. (laughs) Like, it's it's amazing how he's walking. Like, this is an acting masterclass of just showing, of, of using just, like, bodily motion 
to show to convey an emotion like yeah. perfectly because he yeah. looks fucking pissed. <laughs> yeah. Like if someone came at me like that, I'd run. <laughs> yeah. I'd yeah. run. Yeah. <laughs> She'd be like, "Oh shit, Avery Brooks is gonna fuck me up." Yeah, right. Uh oh, <laughs> Paul Robeson coming. Yeah, Paul Robeson. Coming. Um. So. Cisco uh, marches into Garrick's office and for what is maybe my favorite scene in all of Star Trek. Yeah. Um, he immediately punches Garrick in the motherfucking face <laughs> yeah. and accuses him of blowing up the shuttle. Garrick confirms this. Cisco says, this was your plan all along. And Garrick says, kind of. And it was his contingency. He hoped the rod would work. Cisco asks if he killed Tolar as well. And Garrick says to consider them both casualties of war. <laughs> admitting that, yeah, he killed Tolar as well, yeah. which is amazing. Incredible shit. Yeah. Uh, also, I want to say, like, also, like, Garrick is wearing, like, very few times you see him in sort of, like, a low-neck type thing. True, true. Where he's, he can he's, actually, he's being a little slutty here. Well, you can Show see, you can see his, like, you can see, like, their kind of, like, the, the, the top ridges. Yeah, 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 the ridges. Yeah, yeah. 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 so I thought, that, uh, I thought it was an interesting fashion choice. Yeah. But yeah, it was it was great. Like, a, little, a little slutty. Yeah, yeah, Garrick just gets and thrown around his own tailor shop. Yeah. <laughs> Beat me, daddy. Like, I would honestly be careful of anything I say in Garrick's tailor shop. A hundred percent. Because you know he has ca- hidden pr- cameras and everything everywhere in that yeah. place. Yeah, that's probably why Bashir never fucks him is because he knows it's going to go on his OnlyFans. <laughs> yeah. He's got to... Yeah, and also it's just like, yeah, I mean, Cisco is definitely compromising himself and and it could be in a future way just like having, like, doing this business with Garrick anyway, because, you know, mm-hmm. you know, Garrick and, you know. Oh, he has compromise on him now. Yeah, like, yeah. He like, used up all his fucking sexual favors trying to yeah. get this done for Cisco. So, by the now way, Cisco, Cisco owes him a huge fucking favor. Yeah, Cisco owes him huge, and also, yeah, being exposed with, mm-hmm. you know, working with him and ruin his whole career yeah absolutely garrick has all his secrets Go, or he'd be sent to australia oh yeah with tom paris <laughs> yeah, yeah he'd be in there with now tom that paris. that would be a show i'd watch <laughs> fucking tom paris and cisco solving mysteries Pri- in a prison colony prison break yeah uh, starfleet edition oh that'd be so good dude <laughs> so um cisco punches garrick again and garrick pleads that they did not die in vain and the romulans will now enter the war Garrick says the data rod will survive the explosion and will be examined as true as any imperfections in the forgery will be dismissed as a result of the explosion he asks what cisco would think if he was a romulan and cisco admits that garrick is right garrick asks if that's why cisco came to him because he was capable of doing the things that Cisco wasn't willing to do. Mm. And God, this is such a good... <laughs> I fucking love this scene, this back and forth, this, mm-hmm. like, Cisco learning truths about himself in the moment. Yeah. Um, but Garrick yeah, says... Yeah, he's mad at Garrick, but not can't, not that mad. It worked. <laughs> exactly. So Garrick tells him to soothe his conscience with the fact that it may help them win the war, and all it cost was the life of one senator, a criminal... And the self-respect of a Starfleet officer. And I'm like, damn. It's, it's just a fucking <laughs> mic drop moment. It is something. It it, it could have been the episode end of the episode, and the uh, end of the episode the episode would have been perfect. Oh, but, yeah. but they end it even more perfectly. <laughs> yeah. So um yeah. Uh Garrick calls this deal a bargain. Yeah, and what did Garrick really get out of this? I don't know. He, he used up all his favors. Like a bunch of his friends died and stuff. And like, I mean, I guess like he they won't be taken over by the fucking Dominion, which is good for everyone. Yeah. But still, it's in. I mean, like it. Like 
stopping the Dominion. It isn't Garrick's best interest. I mean, yeah, Garrick, Garrick gets less out of this episode than fucking than than Quark does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, who knows? Like, well, that's the thing. Like, what's what's better to have like compromise on a uh, Starfleet mm-hmm. officer? That's what he got out of it. Like, uh, he has like he probably has like he probably has Cisco in four K. I, I think. <laughs> fucking, I, think like, I think we missed the episode right after this where uh, Cisco legalizes gay marriage. Um, mm. Yeah. Uh, and 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 also not only gay marriage, but he has to he has to marry Garrick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So here we go. The personal log concludes. Cisco mm-hmm. says, "Quote: At 0800 hours station time, the Romulan Empire formally declared war against the Dominion. They've already struck 15 bases along the Cardassian border. So this is a huge victory for the good guys." This may even be the turning point of the entire war. There's even a welcome to the fight party tonight in the wardroom. So, I lied. I cheated. I bribed men to cover up the crimes of other men. I am an accessory to murder. But the most damning thing of all, I think I can live with it. And if I had to do it all over again, I would. Garrick was right about one thing. A guilty conscience is a small price to pay for the safety of the Alpha Quadrant. So I will learn to live with it. Because I can live with it. I can live with it. Computer. Erase that entire personal log. (laughs) Cut to black. The end. Fuck off! (laughs) Uh, Sorry. (laughs) That's the end of the episode. What did you think of this fucking episode? I love it. Yeah. It's it's one of the best. Yeah, I mean, uh, acting fantastic all around. Mm-hmm. Like, and this is, I think, I think it is included in like top ten must see Deep Space Nine episodes and top ten must see Star Trek episodes. Yeah, in like honestly, like, and I feel like you know it is like it does go against you know Gene's vision of it, but it's like, but I do I think it does a great job of like creating the conditions that would drive Cisco to make this right. sort of devil's devil's deal in the Exa- first place. Exactly. This is like this isn't telegraphed exactly, but like they mm-hmm. build this up through many seasons. Mm-hmm. And like Iris Stephen Bear likes makes this an imperative thing and a thing that like politically makes sense for, for Cisco to do, even mm-hmm. though he has to compromise his entire personal moral code yeah. to do so. Yeah, the changelings are are I like I that's why I think like the changelings are probably one of the best Star Trek villains, like like I, you know, like you know, because they force people to do war crimes. They force people to do war crimes, but they're so, but they're so deadly and like mm-hmm. um, unforgiving, unforgiving. You know, like I, I think the Borg are kind of boring in a lot of ways, but like, yeah. Um, well, I mean, the Borg have been done to death, but like, um, but the Changelings, yeah, like they're, like they're a completely, completely new thing. They, they are, uh, they're single-minded, mm-hmm. and you know, and, and their justification for why they do things are you know makes sense to them and mm-hmm. why they got to do it and and they're completely they're and they don't pull back any punches and and as a result you know in order to win you have to like you know not drop pull any punches either mm-hmm. and so yeah it's just like yeah it, it all makes sense it escalates to this point and it's fantastic it's a great great episode absolutely fundamental episode of Star Trek and yeah. maybe the, maybe the most pivotal episode of Deep Space Nine. Mm-hmm. In totality, yeah, 
Yeah, this, I mean, this, this presages exactly what happens for the rest of season six and a lot of season seven mm -hmm. with the Dominion War of the allied, uh, you know, Alpha Quadrant forces mm -hmm. and Beta Quadrant forces against, you know, the Dominion. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's fantastic. And it's uh, maybe the best Garrick episode. Oh, all. absolutely, yeah. And maybe the best Cisco episode of all. Yeah, well, I mean, Avery Brooks is an amazing actor. Like, um, actually, you know what? I'll, I give that to Far Beyond the Stars. Yeah, Far Beyond he, the Stars. He directed it too, and it's a fucking masterclass. Yeah, he's he's definitely like one of the like the strongest. Like, I think acting wise, the captains, I feel. Yeah, like, absolutely, um, hundred no disagreement. Yeah, like there. I think, yeah, I mean, Patrick Stewart. Patrick probably Stewart's second. very good. Yeah, yeah, yeah but like, but, I, but Avery Brooks is like, yeah, amazing. Yeah, if Patrick Stewart would have ended his career as Jean Luc Picard in uh, what nineteen ninety four, like he would still go down as you know he. The case could be made that he's the best actor, but mm -hmm. after Picard, no, 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 no. And uh, <laughs> Avery Brooks, I mean, Avery Brooks has had like. He was given so many, so many good, good like performances. You know, like, mm -hmm. he put in such good work with this. And, he did, and yeah, he's compelling to watch. And it's so funny to me. I've seen a lot on like R slash Star Trek on Reddit and stuff. Like people will say that Avery Brooks is an over actor, and then go on to name Patrick Stewart as their favorite Star Trek captain as far as acting. And I'm like. Literally, they're both like Shakespearean overactors. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They both do this a lot. They <laughs> yeah. scream about things they don't need to scream about. Like, yeah, I mean, this is a society that's completely built on Shakespeare. Right. This is just how they talk, mm -hmm. you know. But no, I think I I think that he I think I think Avery Brooks put a lot of himself in Cisco, you know, you know, just like his his own values, and I mm -hmm. and I feel that's like what gives like his performances so much more authenticity mm -hmm. um, when he gives them. And yeah, and this is like the same. Like you 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 see like the inner turmoil happening within Cisco during this entire episode, and mm -hmm. and and the way he and the way he just like embodies like all of those feelings, you know, you know, as we were saying, like with the rage walking. Mm -hmm. and, and just like his indignation with Garrick and just like right. how he performs. And in this this entire episode is built not only on the backbone of the monologue of Cisco, mm -hmm. but every scene in this episode has Cisco in it. Yeah. And it's a lot of great pieces of dialogue, starting mm -hmm. with uh, you know, him and Dax uh playing like devil's advocate yeah, yeah, yeah. talking about the Romulans. There's him and Garrick several times. Mm -hmm. uh, his scene with Bashir, where Bashir mm -hmm. tries to protest. Uh, the several scenes with Vrenak. Mm -hmm. You know, they're all like very powerful dialogues. Yeah, and they're all like memorable scenes. Like yeah. every scene in this episode is a fucking banger. Yeah, like and it's a masterclass not only on Avery Brooks' part, but everyone else in the show mm -hmm. is incredible in this episode. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, Stephen McCaddy, every yeah, his, his like back and forth with oh yeah, 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 uh, Tolar as well. Yeah, yeah his, Tolar, his stuff is great. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's oh. just it's all great scenes. Like yeah, this is definitely like what Star Trek should be. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> yeah, uh, what Star Trek should have become. Yeah, like if they were going for a darker thing, mm -hmm. they should have done this, where they make it very clear that yes. This was necessary in a way, but it was also definitely a moral failing. Yeah. And it was like an ethical conundrum that is unfixable and unrepairable in the mm -hmm. end. Yeah, because, you know, like, 
you know, they introduce Section 31, but it's not, but they're seen as, like, bad. It, it introduces Section 31, I think, like, two episodes before this. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. so it's just, like, um, so, like, yeah, the, like, the concept of having, like, um, uh, espionage mm-hmm. and just dirty dealing type shit is, like, you know, hasn't really been explored within the confines of Star Trek, mm-hmm. really. You know, and just like oh, in a big way, you know, we they, they, like you know they they went on like little secret missions every once in a while, you know, in TNG and stuff. But like, yeah, but I mean, yeah, they were always very like Starfleet intelligence coded, like not yeah. black ops in any way. Yeah, not always yeah, not like black oh, we're going on a research mission and we stumbled across something mysterious. We should probably check it out. Whereas <laughs> we introduced this... space cocaine to this <laughs> to this colony. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Whereas, you know, Cisco's like, uh, go check that out and spy for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I gotta I gotta fucking trick these morons into doing doing acting within their own best interest. Right, right. <laughs> but it's uh, some great captain daddy moments. Yeah. Some just incredible acting moments from everyone involved, but especially Cisco and Andrew Robinson as Garrick. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. God Garrick's so fucking good in this. Yeah, he's amazing. Mm-hmm. Like like um it's yeah, it's crazy. Like um, we never get to really get to see like Garrett call in that favor from Cisco. No, well, yeah, that's yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's probably like, uh, just let me scan Bashir's body and sleep. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry, I'm just making a little hollow program about it. I'm sure. I'm I just sure. need a solid scan. I'm sure Garrick probably has like he Garrick probably got Bashir into like he's like oh let me let me uh, measure you for a suit no. and then like oh. the thing that he used probably just took a hollow, hollow scan of his body and oh, was yeah. just like the, the favor is probably just like <laughs> Cisco just let me turn off the censorship controls on the hollow suits. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just trust me. Just trust me. Him and Julian are in there doing like. The our man Bashir. <laughs> yeah. Suddenly, he's, Bashir is naked. He's like, "What the fuck what just the happened?" What <laughs> computer the, arch. What the bloody computer arch? Arch. <laughs> the arch doesn't appear. <laughs> it can't get out. <laughs> it just hears. Zzz, yeah, just, <laughs> you're all mine now, Twink Doctor. <laughs> mm. Yeah, like no, but fantastic episode. Like you know, we love Garrick. We love Cisco. Mm-hmm. We love. It's a fake. Yeah. yeah. It's fantastic shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Revisit this episode a lot. So, yeah, it was, yeah. It was great to... Yeah, it's crazy we haven't done it yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. Uh, yeah. But I was kind of saving it for a special occasion. But you know what? The the people voted on it. I said, why the fuck not? Yeah. Why the fuck not? I love democracy. Uh, indeed. <laughs> So this is how democracy dies. <laughs> to thunderous applause. To thunderous applause. Um, <laughs> same movie. Same movie. We did it. We did it. We did it. We did it. Yeah. Uh, gosh. This this uh, episode's great. Let's uh, read a little bit on the background here, actually. Oh, yeah. So, the earliest origins of this episode are to be found in a discussion amongst the writers about various pivotal moments in recent U.S. history. One such moment was the 1964 Gulf of Tonkin incident when a North Vietnamese gunboat allegedly attacked a U.S. naval vessel, leading to an increased military presence in Vietnam, which actually never happened, um, <laughs> effectively beginning the Vietnam War. It was uh, it was a black ops thing mm-hmm. meant to, yeah, just fuel the war. So, um, 
So another defining moment under the discussion was the 1974 Watergate scandal, which uh, we all know about was President Nixon mm. hiring guys to go in and get compromised on uh, House of Representatives and shit like that. Mm -hmm. um, uh, so thinking about the sheer scale of these incidents and the massive repercussions felt for years afterwards by many people in all walks of life, the producers asked former staff writer and producer Peter Allen Fields to compose a story based around a political controversy involving a secret that, if discovered, could have huge consequences throughout the quadrant. And this is exactly that. This mm. is like a huge, like grand conspiracy moment. And, yeah. uh, but it's not a conspiracy for the wrong reasons. Unlike yeah. most conspiracies, I think. Yeah. And it makes you wonder, like, what what positive conspiracies are happening under our feet right now? I mean, right now, I think none. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, if anything, there's nothing but bad. Like, this is this bad is, faith conspiracy. Yeah. There's the CIA exists. There's nothing but bad faith conspiracies. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. There might be some leftists doing some good things, trying mm. to, I don't know, like, have, I don't know, do a do a political act of <laughs> violence, maybe. Um, yeah. No, <laughs> no uh, but, you know, a revolutionary act of some sort. Yeah. 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 Getting hope. Yeah. You know, we won't, oh, I don't so want to speculate too much. I hope it's violent towards capital. <laughs> yes. Not people, capital. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Just like, you know, those people that, like, you know, like the, all the empty uh, skyscrapers that are in LA, you know. Oh yeah, being tagged up right now. Yeah, and spray painted all of those. That was really funny. Now there's like, uh, and they, the city wants it cleaned up, and I'm like, why don't you? For like, who? Uh, yeah, it's like, how about how about you uh, give those homes to free for everyone who chooses to clean one up? How <laughs> yeah, about that? Yeah. Easy, 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 yeah, I mean, easy lemon. The squeezy. city's paying thirty three thousand dollars like a day or some shit for mm. just like for not for, for them around, to exist for around the clock. Um, Secure uh, police uh, security from mm -hmm. the LAPD. That's fucking that's dumbass bullshit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Which just goes to prove that the the police aren't there to protect people. They're there protect to protect capital. property. Yeah, capital. They're to protect capital. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Cool. Yeah. Um, you got you you got to speak your truth anymore on this episode. What's your truth? <laughs> truth is, I love Deep Space Nine. I do too. I fucking love this episode. <laughs> um. Yeah, really nothing but good things to say about it. Mm -hmm. If you haven't seen it, fucking see it. Uh, but I would recommend watching the series up to this point because this is built up to you in such a fantastic oh, way. Oh, yeah. And you have to be familiar with, like, Garrick and Cisco. you got to watch them all, even Alan Moraine. Uh, especially uh, Move Along Home. You mean? Yeah, Move, move along, along Home. home. Yeah, yeah, Move Along Home. you got to watch Move Along Home. Uh -huh. you actually got to watch that one twice. Right, um. right. <laughs> uh, you gotta, you got to watch uh, fucking the, the vacation one where Worf becomes a terrorist. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the one where... Um, Quark becomes trans for one episode. Oh, that's after this, though. That's after that's this. After, that's that's right, a few episodes yeah. after this, yeah, which is right. like, it's it's amazing because they have like uh, far beyond the stars is like I don't know episode sixteen mm -hmm. of this this season. This is episode nineteen. Mm -hmm. um, they've got like four uh, the 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 um, section thirty one episode is like episode seventeen, mm -hmm. and so they've got like back-to-back -back banger after banger after banger mm -hmm. and then they have that <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah the one before this also isn't great it's uh mm. i forget what it's about but mm. 
It's not not fantastic. Yeah. But, you know, season six altogether is one of the best seasons of television ever. Yeah, absolutely. So even even the bad episodes are still pretty fucking good. Yeah. It's uh, like season five of TNG, which is always has a lot of good ones. The season four, I'd say TNG is probably my favorite. Mm, yeah. Season four is a fucking rip banger, like all all of them. A rip banger. Yeah. So I think that's all we got to say on the episode. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what's what's the most recent thing you've jerked off into? What what do you usually jerk off? Like, like, <laughs> a, like a sock? Like a, do you use a sock or like a, a rag or? Yeah. Yeah. Whatever's around. Just whatever's around. Yeah. House plant. Cat. Cat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just no. Just hold still. I'm not gonna come in you. Just it'll make your coat nice and shiny. Yeah. yeah. Cat's just matted up like a. <laughs> It's like cat from I got from the outside too. So mm-hmm. I think the little, the cat that there's funny there's like in my around my apartment building mm-hmm. like um like my mailbox is in a different area. Mm-hmm. I go to it and like the by mail mailbox do you mean your bussy? Yeah, yeah. Uh. <laughs> but like uh um my neighbor's cat over there right near the new mailboxes. Oh, we like every time he sees me, they they let their cat just go outside mm-hmm. and the cat sees me and thinks I'm going to go into um my neighbor's house and so sees me meows at me mm-hmm. and then wants me to follow him and open up oh, the door for him that's what you should do <laughs> i should i just open up my open up their door mm-hmm. and just like let your cat in yeah <laughs> boy kitty i was like have a good one bye have a good one like mm-hmm. then i just get shot in the face yeah Ooh, yeah i guess i will do that <laughs> r.i.p pat <laughs> rest in peace yeah you died to no about the right time. Yeah, about the right time. <laughs> no, but I died for the right reason. Letting yeah. a cat inside. Yeah. <laughs> they love to see. Actually, it. I'm not even sure if it's their cat. Just like a random <laughs> cat hangs outside. That's probably why you shouldn't open their door. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, I think that's a great place for us to leave it. Thanks for hanging with the Soyagers. Be mm-hmm. well, travel safe, and definitely go watch. In the pale moonlight. In the pale moonlight. I was about to call it Far Beyond the Stars. <laughs> in the in the paper moonlight. In the yeah. <laughs> oh no, damn it. No, that's another episode. <laughs> yes. Another good one. Another good one. Yeah. Alright, well thanks for checking with us, Soy Boys, Girls and Ugly Beans. Hang dong and shocker. I was on Beijing for the Dominion War Species 8472 with the Borg It melt with bad bloods like a reactor core Come on, check it out, leader of the future school Hydroconic space chronic, cheap body else fool Your replicator weed is shake and seize It fills a test and a swagger best Oh yes, indeed, this Ferengi greed Is always a drag whenever I try to get a bag but these big pongs, they don't give two fucks 
Cause now our money's sucked up And we still ain't fucked up And that's illegitimate I'm in Starfleet and I don't deal with this shit Make no mistake when you pull a stunt I'ma tell you straight up front Cause I'm fake Your weed's a fake Your weed's a fake Your weed's a fake fool Your weed's a fake Your weed's a fake Your weed's a fake You fucking suck up Your weed's a fake Drop the fucking beat and just give me the bass Forever we're exploring the outer space Was this a drop of five beats out of your face And exploding my lyrics on the human race Listen up, they call me Mr. Police Resistor Resist to smoke, don't joke, I must assist Federation society and classicists But they repress the artists with this alarmist anti-drug agenda And you a fucking pretender You say this is endo? No, I don't think so Your butt is lo-fi, yo The answer is no, bro I don't want your shit, bro And the Latin's a no-go Damn, these motherfuckers try to run a scam Every time I drive to buy an ounce, they try to pounce And it's always wag when I open a sack And my heart starts to break, motherfuckers Your weed's a fake Your weed's a fake Your weed's a fake, fool Your weed's a fake your weed's a fake, your weed's a fake, you fucking sucker. Your weed's a fake, your weed's a fake, your weed's a fake fool. Your weed's a fake, your weed's a fake, your weed's a fake, you motherfucker.